Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes or so each day. But it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps us to stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's Word every day helps us also to stay focused on our soul's salvation, on our spiritual lives, on our relationship with God. Now, you know people in your life who need to turn their lives around, don't you? They need to refocus. They need to start thinking about their soul's salvation and their relationship with God and eternity because it's coming. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. With your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a great blessing it would be if you could help somebody turn their life around and come to God through Jesus Christ and look forward to eternity with them in heaven. But that will also be a great blessing for you. So make up your mind, make that commitment, and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're getting back into our line of thought and study, talking about how we need to make up our mind to not let the devil win. He is our deadliest and most determined enemy, our most dangerous enemy. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, Peter describes him as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. That means our destruction. And so Peter says, be vigilant, be, be sober. In other words, be alert, be aware, be on guard, because the devil is out there and he wants to do you in, but not just physically. He wants to do you in spiritually and eternally. He wants to lead you into eternal condemnation in hell. That's where he's going to be. He wants to bring as many souls as he can there with him. Somebody says misery loves company. Well, maybe that's his idea. Or maybe it goes back to Revelation chapter 12, where he lost that battle to try to usurp the throne of God, and he was cast out of heaven. Well, maybe he just is angry with God and wants to try to get back at him any way he can. And the only way he can do that is by leading humanity created in the image of God with a soul away from God and into the condemnation in hell. Whatever his motive, he is your deadliest enemy. He wants to bring you down. He wants you to end up in eternal condemnation. Well, God offers you forgiveness through Jesus Christ. As you're baptized into Christ, the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses you of the guilt of your sins. As Peter told those Jews on Pentecost who asked, what shall we do? He said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. When Ananias told Saul, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling in the name of the Lord, Acts 22 and verse 16. And the first reference was Acts 2 and verse 38. It is through our obedience to the gospel message of salvation as we're baptized into Christ that we come into salvation in him. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. 
He who does not believe shall be condemned. In Christ, we have hope. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1. In Christ, we have eternal life. And only in Christ do we have eternal life. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. That's where the devil wants to lead us. But the gift of God is eternal life in or through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now the devil, again, he's been on the scene before humanity since the beginning. Since God first created humanity, going back to Genesis chapter 3, he appeared in the garden, he lied to the woman, told her that if she would eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which God told her, you stay away from, you don't even touch it, let alone eat it, for in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. He told her, nah, you're not going to die. That was a direct lie. But then he deceived her by saying, you eat the fruit of that tree, you're going to become like God, knowing good and evil. He didn't explain to her what that meant. She thought she could be like God. She probably thought that was a good thing. And the fruit did look attractive. Well, sin often comes in attractive-looking packages. But the deadliness of it is beneath the surface. Well, she ate of that fruit. She gave to her husband, and he ate. And they both the sense seems to be almost instantly were ashamed because they were naked and they fashioned coverings to cover up their nakedness. You see, now they were sinners. They were sinners. And they tried to hide from God. As we closed last time, I asked the question, are you trying to hide from God? Now, not that you're trying to do so physically, because God is all-knowing, all-seeing. We call that omniscience, omnipresence. He's everywhere all the time. You can't hide from God. The scriptures tell us that. But are you trying to hide from him by putting him out of your mind? You know, people think out of sight, out of mind. So you put him out of your mind. You don't want to think about God. You don't want to think about how you're not living in faithfulness, that is, obedience to his teachings. You're not dedicated to him. You don't want to think about the consequences of that, so you just put him out of your mind. And in that way, are you trying to hide from him? A lot of people are. Well, God offers you peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that is difficult to really get across to people who haven't experienced it, because how how do you how do you explain the peace of knowing that you're saved in Christ, that you've been forgiven and redeemed, that you have not just the wish, but the expectation of a home in heaven? How do you explain that kind of peace, knowing that you are in the Lord and that God and Christ are with you always? How do you explain that to people who have never experienced it? And so Philippians 4 and verse 7 says, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 6, 
2 Peter 2 and verse 6, Peter wrote this. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. What did the devil do to Eve? He did not make her eat the fruit of that tree that God forbade them to eat of. He just lured her, deceived her into thinking it would be a good thing. Do you think the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, who were so corrupt morally, do you think they thought that was a bad thing to live in that kind of ongoing moral corruption? They probably thought it was a good thing. They probably thought it was fulfilling, exciting. But again, God destroyed that not just Sodom and Gomorrah, but all those cities around them because of their ungodliness on such an ongoing basis. The devil wants to rob you of the peace that God offers you through Jesus Christ. Living a life of unrighteousness will keep you out of heaven. And the Apostle Paul gives us a number of scripture texts that repeat that over and over again. Now, every one of them goes through a list of ungodly lifestyles that will keep us out of heaven. But they're all representative lists. None of them is complete. He doesn't list all the different kind of sinful lifestyles in every, every single one of those lists. He simply gives us a representative list that is meant to get across to us, I can't live in these kinds of ways. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 9, we read, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you might say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm living in one or more of those lifestyles. That means I can't get to heaven? Look at the next verse. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. How? Remember what? Many of those Jews asked on Pentecost, what shall we do? Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 and verse 38. Paul was going through a list here of sinful lifestyles that many of those Christians in Corinth to whom he was writing this letter in which they had lived he said, but you changed your life. You did repent. You did come to God through Jesus Christ. You were baptized for the remission of your sins. And so there is laid up for you a home in heaven, a home in heaven. And that home in heaven is offered to everybody 
who will come to repentance and be forgiven as they're baptized into Christ. So the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse them of the guilt of their sins. Acts 22 at verse 16. Do you need to take that step? Are you ready to stop hiding from God? Let's pray. Father, help us to make up our minds to not let the devil win. To not let him lead us to eternal destruction. Help us, Father, to make that stand, to be strong and say no to the devil and to obey you through Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving us so much to make the way, Father. Help us to take that way. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.